It looks like someone went crazy with a glue gun in there. Unending showers of meat. Broadcasting from the Penny Arcade Expo in Seattle, Washington. Ask for Christian charity, please, sir. I'm a cripple. I have the mung. I've got leprosy. Pax Prime. Some so. douche came up to me, fake coughed on me, which is real coughing if you didn't know, <laughs> and told me I was infected. I almost got kicked out of the con because I wanted to throw him down an escalator. Packs coverage by geeks just like you. It's going to have goop on it of some kind. Somebody at some point has sneezed or wiped their nose or coughed into their hand or scratched their balls and then touched that controller. Welcome to the Geekhorrific.com Casts. Welcome, everybody, to the first of three Geekerific.com PAX casts. Uh, We are at the Penny Arcade Expo in Seattle, Washington, recording from the Sheraton Lobby Bar across the street like we do every year. Oh, yeah. Um, I am Luke Matthews, uh, typical host of the Geekerific shows, and I am joined today by Matthew Coyne from the After the Fact podcast. Hello. Eddie Isaac, also from the After the Fact podcast, sometimes from from Trade Secrets, starting a little bit, maybe, sort of, kind of. Yeah, I am. I'm going to be on that. What's up, fuckers? (laughs) And uh, today we are also joined by Andre Cervantes. Uh, He's just a guy that showed up, and we decided to put him on the show. Guess super. I like games. (laughs) Um, Today, uh, as usual, we do not have a specific format for this show, so we are just going to sit here and bullshit about games and bullshit about the Penny Arcade uh, Expo. Um, As always, what we're going to do, actually, I should should rephrase that. This is actually going to be kind of a special show for our PAX podcasts because normally we just bullshit about games and stuff. But uh, Matthew, who uh, was not able to come to the show, this is a Friday night and he had to work, clearly. I have to work Um, all week and I got fucked. um, So No lube. So no. <laughs> what Matthew did was actually gathered a whole Unkind. bunch of questions for us from people uh, that he from people that he knows, and uh, there are questions about PAX, there are questions about gaming, and about what you know PAX's impact on the gaming industry from noobs, basically from people who aren't yeah. familiar with the with uh, this particular convention. So um, I think we're going to spend some time answering those questions, and we're going to talk about the show a little bit and what we liked about it and what we saw, and uh, yeah, shit. So. Um, we know, we know Matthew. We know Eddie. We know where they came from. But uh, the Andre, enigma. why don't you talk about uh, a little bit about your like your gaming history, like what you, how you got into games, why you came to PAX, that kind of stuff. Well, this goes dates all the way back. You know, fourth grade. You know, got my hands on an NES. You know, like Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt. You know, Track and Field. You know, that kind of stuff. I've been and I've been stuck ever since. You know, I, I was that annoying kid who always brought his Nintendo Power to school. You know, <laughs> annoying everybody. I'm like, oh, it's, it's that. I'm gonna pour Nintendo one out kid. for Nintendo Power. Oh, no, oh. that's right. That's right. That that just got that. The track and field recently. pad. Track and field pad. You know, me and my cousins all taking turns. You know, stomping on it with <laughs> yeah, our hands. You know, yeah, like crazy. right. Because you never actually want to exercise. You just no, fucking no, no. Oh put God. it on the floor and pound on it. And, yeah. and from then on, it just uh, <laughs> I just got shot it. up. I, I was I was the track and field pad mother in there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but you know, i've been in it ever since you know super nice sega genesis going on and forward you know there was times when i was broke and couldn't really afford to keep gaming but you know i found ways here and there there was a time where i only owned a game boy advance and every six months i'd either buy castlevania or metroid because those were coming out <laughs> every so often like, the yeah. same game but you know what it's, it's still awesome, awesome. It's, so yeah. so then two, two questions first 
What was the first console you ever played on? Oh, God. I had to be an Atari 2600 in Woo-hoo. Mexico. Nice. Okay. Woo. One in of my cousins, Mexico? Yeah, one of my cousins had it because video games were not allowed in the house until a certain time, for, for, at least in my household. But uh, my cousins down in Mexico would always import everything because uh, they're relatively close to the border over in a nice little so uh, they tourist would, city in Ensenada. So a, as they were trying to ship things to Mexico, they would steal them. Is that sort of, that's <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny this. <laughs> Plausible deniability. But yeah, uh, and, uh, I clearly remember playing. Was that racist? Um, no, and, no, uh, not at all. Okay. Ironically, we were playing That's Mario Brothers facts, of all things. <laughs> of all things, the Mario Brothers, the yeah. old you know, pipes and turtles and crabs. Yeah, nice. Ah, oh, crabs, <laughs> crabs. Yeah, I think I think there were pillows covered in those today. I was going to mm-hmm. say pipes and turtles and crabs is sounding a whole lot less like <laughs> Mario and more like non-podcasty a uh, video game kind of things. But <laughs> exactly. Okay. So then the second question is, what was the first console you bought with your own money? Oh, bought with my own money. Uh, ironically, my my Game Boy Advance, the very first one, the first Game Boy Advance when that came out, that was a broke right. college student. <laughs> which I, which version? Did, which color did you buy? Uh, I bought the the clear purple one. Okay, oh nice, good choice because the white one looked like a bar of soap with a screen in. Yeah, it. and then the, the <laughs> and then the solid purple one is like oh god, it's yes. like so nightmares ugly. of the the, uh, the ugly game. <laughs> 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 and, and the money I used to buy because I was uh, I was going to Cal State Los Angeles. And I used grant money that I got from working at Toys R Us. So I turned around. I'm like, instead of you know using the money to pay for books, I'm like, I'm dropping hundred bucks on the on the. Uh, I got money GBA. from Toys R Us. I went to Toys R Us to buy stuff with the money I got from Toys R Us. Exactly. They, cut, they cut me that check. I deposited it in my bank account. Bet. Turned right back around. And bought. And somebody bought at Toys R Us bar- was like, "We win." Bah. <laughs> you can borrow books. <laughs> yeah. exactly. and I, I bought the GBA and Fire Pro Wrestling. That was the, that was the oh, launch game. Oh, really nice. Wow. That's the game that you used your money on? Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I really have an intense hatred of Super Mario Brothers 2. Wow. That's fair. You I know, mean, I, I have I, a hatred of Zelda, so they're... Yeah. They're I, don't, I don't have a hatred of Mario Brothers 2, but I can understand why someone would. Yeah, I can. Um, yeah. I, because, like you said, Zelda 2, one of the worst games I've ever oh, played my in my Jesus life. Oh, Christ. So, Unplayable. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's terrible. Painful. So, um, did you? Are you, you're up here for packs on your own? You know, uh, my own just, free will. Yes, just coming I, up I, here. I, to I want to come up here. <laughs> I also have a bunch. I have a bunch of friends who I know up here. Yeah, right I wanted to visit them and say what's up to them. Nice. I, and I, I want to come here for packs. This is my second time coming up here for it. Oh yeah. What What was the first one? Uh, first one was in 2008. 2008. Uh, okay, that's actually one of the years that I missed. Like mm-hmm. I went to the first three, mm-hmm. and then missed. I think what they're on year number eight now. Eight, yep. eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Eight. So I've yeah I made the first three missed first no first two missed two years have come to the last four, um, and I missed the switch over to the convention center because they uh, I went to the first two at Maiden Bower in Bellevue, um, and then have come to this one so yeah that's how was two thousand was two thousand eight at the convention center yeah, I think it, that was the was first right year here. that it was there right I be- that, that is my understanding yeah okay. It was great, you know, getting up at two in the morning to go play rock band on the stage they have there was like nice, was like amazing feeling. This is like the opposite of E three. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that might have to happen tonight. I'm feeling it. Well, that's actually one of the things that's awesome about this con is that it's geared toward gamers. It's not, it's not a media thing. It's, it's like, you know, you're. It's for, it's for us. Mm-hmm. It's as they call it a festival rather yeah. than a convention. Yeah, I've gone. To, I'm spoiled being in Los Angeles. I've gone to E3 for like nine uh, for nine years. Yeah, but wow. and, and I remember when the show was quote unquote good. 
<laughs> it's a subjective term of, of the show. I mean, I, I actually go more now to see people I know in the industry rather to actually go and attend the show to play games. Yeah, now. yeah. I yeah. only played one game this past E3, and it was wow. Resident Evil Six. That's the only game I wow. really cared about. You uh, mean giraffe like, blowjob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with zombies is awesome. Yes, but in no. Resident Evil, the zombies come shambling at you going, cock. I mean, they no, don't really they move. no, they move no. faster now. They, 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 they have they automatic move, weapons yes, now. They okay, move I'm faster. Sorry. You know what? You're automatic right. Weapons, automatic rods, weapons, so, so body they, armor. So it's, so it's a bunch yeah, of undead in velour jumpsuits made by Adidas going, cock. Jogging at you now. That just sounds like that. a lot of hate. That's all that sounds like. Resident Evil is just... Just like, I'm sorry. Resident Evil Four is the one that everybody goes googly over and thinks it's the most awesome of the series. And, and I am of that opinion. And <laughs> and yet you are still playing someone who is supposed to be a highly trained special operative who has to stop to shoot. Who has to stop to shoot and can't turn around without taking an hour and a half to turn around with their gun. And you know like, what? You're Jesus exactly fucking right. Christ! I will I agree with it for you. what it is. <laughs> I will agree with you. I accept the word it is. However, I will tell you that Resident Evil 5 was an awesome fucking game. And was up for game of the no, year. No, it wasn't. It Resident was a good Evil game. 4 and 5 both have the same control scheme. You're playing a special operative that steers and turns like a 1978 <laughs> Buick LeSabre. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Terrible controls. Notwithstanding. Uh, uh, that you was know one what? of the best co-op but, games I've But played. you appreciate that okay, LeSabre yes. because yes. of the classic. So <laughs> <laughs> Me and my Nothing best from 1978 is a classic, period. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying. Me and my best friend played through Resident Evil 5 together, and that was one of the most enjoyable experiences of shit-talking I have ever had in my entire Handle your life. fucking zombies, bro. Why are you bringing that drama over here? <laughs> we were putting our own commentary during the freaking cutscenes. We were just having a blast. It is pretty awesome. That is the awesome part. Nope. Still can't. No. I respect your opinion. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I don't. So you're going to tell me that I'm wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you spend half the time throwing the chick in a dumpster so she doesn't get fucking bit. Oh, well, and that then was <laughs> That was, that was yeah. the best part. You could chuck her in a dump. It was like, yeah. That's why it was the best escort Garbage mission ever. Thunk. Yeah. That is the best you escort mission ever. Just throw her in a dumpster, drag the dumpster. Should have been. That, <laughs> yeah. is, that should be every escort mission. Here, I'm going to throw you in a plastic bubble surrounded by a metal box in a big fucking steel dumpster, and yeah. I'm going to throw you in a truck. If I throw a chick in a dumpster, it's not to save her life from <laughs> zombies. <laughs> 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 Eddie Isaac, Misogyny 101. <laughs> here to give lessons, bitch. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, the Penny Arcade Expo, for those of you who aren't aware, which I can't imagine. You. I can't imagine anybody that listens to our shows isn't aware of what this is, but it is now officially the largest consumer gaming convention in the world, basically. Um, uh, and it is crammed into one of the craziest, most maze-like convention centers in the history of the planet. <laughs> um, Easily. They've actually taken over quite a bit of space in downtown Seattle now, uh, expanding to now three separate hotels outside the convention center, yep. plus filling the entire convention center and every nook and cranny within it. Um, and there are actually some places in the convention center that I didn't know existed until I came to PAX and wandered to them. Because the um, previous to this, they, they held custodial supplies. <laughs> <laughs> There's like brooms pretty, and pretty clean. Much. If it smells like, like Pine Sol <laughs> and it's an indie game, that's because it used to hold custodial supplies. There's a slippery when wet perpetually on the floor. And try this new tower game. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's stuff in the bottom level of the convention center which you're pr- which I'm pretty sure at some point had people chained to the walls. Yes. Um, oh yeah. And so. <laughs> Wow, it's it's Dungeons. it's really interesting because, um, in fact, we were wandering around earlier today, and uh, we we got on the third level, and I I was showing the group that I was leading uh, this kind of this connecting hallway that most people probably don't even know was there, and the reason I know most people don't know it was there was because there was I, I we saw two people no three people in the entire trek through that hallway. Huh. In, in a convention center that has, at any given time, 30-plus thousand people in it sure. at a moment, and this hallway was empty. Um, so, you know, most people don't know where the fuck it is, where it goes. Even if they do, it's one of those hallways they look down and they're like, I'm going to get fucking mugged in there, am I? I was about to say, I? is, like, is like, that where the Waynes were shot? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck happened in that hallway? <laughs> right? It's crime um, hallway. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it's there. a hallway from Silent Hill. <laughs> you know how those get. Those get really shitty oh, really quick. Shit. <laughs> uh, um, so I know, I know, Matthew, you weren't able to make it to the show today. Are no. you going to make it at all this weekend? I, I like I said, I got fucked at it all weekend. That's why I went and collected questions. Why did and you? Went, why didn't you tell your work to go fuck themselves? I the did actually anyway. tell my work to go fuck themselves, and then they said, "Well, then why don't you get another job?" And I said, "Yeah, that's a great idea." And I looked for a week and went, "Fuck, I can't." Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So and bills and yes. Yeah. And and then there was, and then there was bills, and then I, I, you don't get. And just to let the rest of you guys know, I am not thin. You don't get to get this kind of girlish figure without <laughs> an expensive feed bill, sir. Oh yeah, yeah fair. So, um, <laughs> so, so, but um, yeah. So I when guess you said a, feed bill. I just imagined a horse. I, I was gonna say, <laughs> like, well, you bags, a bag of last, bag of feed. Last year I had sort of the the, the, the two bag oat bag. Like one was when there's oats, not a microphone in front of hops. his face. It's a goddamn bowl. It's a, yeah, full it's of a, something. It's a bowl full of something. <laughs> Usually, you know, liquor. Mm-hmm. A so, bowl of liquor. Yes. Being that you weren't at the show, I can't really ask you this question. So I'll start with Eddie. Like, what kinds of things? Uh, what having wandered around the show today? What was what? Explain some of the stuff that you saw. Some of the stuff that interests you. Uh, you know, I, I at the end of this, not at the beginning, but at the end of this, I do want to hear your story about uh, Justin Wong. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> so, but. What kind of stuff? Okay, this I is was, your first PAX, right? Yes, this is my first PAX. Okay, I'm hey. PAX Virgin. So I, I was ex- I, one. I was extremely impressed by the fact that they did split the sections up. But you know, there was a Sony PlayStation uh, ver- section. I'm a Sony Play- Sony PlayStation fan. People know that who, if they listen to the show. You know, I advocate PlayStation, and you know, I'm just I have three broken Xboxes in my closet that just sit there, and I use them as hat weights and paperweights. You know, the good thing about this show is that I was able to go around. I was able to see things that I wanted to see. I was able to see God of War Ascension. Uh, I was able to at least walk. You, you mean God of War again? Yeah, God of War again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, I, the Assassin's Creed, uh, Rev, uh, not Revelations, what is it called? Three. 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 Assassin's Creed Three this time. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Three was. Not the, Revelations, not the, Brotherhood. Yeah, the line the line was ridiculous, so I didn't go in that, but I will right. be anxious to try to see that. At least maybe Sunday I might get a chance. Yeah. yeah. But but um, what I was more impressed with actually was uh, some of the indie games. I actually stopped by one of the indie booths and we played Bit, Bit Trip. Oh. Or, uh, oh, uh, Runner, Runner 2. 2. Runner 2. 
that was a really good yeah, game. It I really mean, is. it was like you. It, the game screams to you, "One more, one more." It's like <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning. I got to be up at five, but I'm like, I can beat this stage. Yes. I can get all the gold if I just try one more time. Great game, and you know what it says? It says that. The mainstream companies need to watch out for these indie companies. The indie yeah. companies are coming out with these good games that are going to grab the consumer. Do you, have a, do you have a Nintendo console? Do you have a Wii? I do have a Wii. You do have I a Wii. Do. Okay. My suggestion, go on go on WiiWare, and, and uh, those guys have a series of BitTrip games. There's there's BitTrip Void, BitTrip Runner, BitTrip Beat. BitTrip Beat was the mm. first one. All of them are good. Okay. Every single one of them is good. They're all very different. They're all very retro, but they're right. all really good. Right. And uh, and I wholeheartedly suggest because they're they're awesome. your they're definitely your style of game, man. They're awesome. they're really awesome. Uh, I think they have them all on one disc now. Like okay. A, a, they have a collection. Yes. Yes. You're right. right. They do. You can. I um. I got to see the the Metal Gear Rising uh, Revengeance demo. Um, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Something that bothers me about that is that they Metal Gear Robespierre. They turned the main character into a cyborg, and it's like you know, for the as long as I've been playing, I mean, I have played every incarnation of this series. I mean, Metal Gear One, Two on Nintendo, uh, Snake's Revenge, um, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Snake Eater. Like I played every single one, just about. We and played Metal Gear for the show, and God, I wish we hadn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> back then, it was a good game, oh, and God. now it's just like, you're like, now, whoa, I can't believe I suffered through this. Uh-oh, the bowels have started to move. Exactly. You know, you're punching, you're punching dogs three times to, like, oh, no, knock them the, out. Yeah. Oh, no. It's like a bad ex-girlfriend. I dated started that? moving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, the games, the games were good for their time, and they, keep, they kept getting better. Yeah, but now it's like you you you've gone into the futuristic aspect, and I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I will play the game, and I'm not sure if I'm going to enjoy that or not. Well, because the thing is that I I don't think Metal Gear Rising is a. I mean, it, it, I don't think it. It's in the same world. I don't think it's the same style because it's definitely not a stealth game, right? No, the, the whole point no. is the the sword play and yes, the, the sword play is the, and well, so they, it's 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 not really a Metal Gear. But game. But they introduced sword play into Sons of Liberty, so you know at the end of the game yeah. you had a sword and it was a sword fight and everything. But that was good because you were playing as a regular guy the whole time. Like I think the whole aspect of Metal Gear that has always impressed me is that it's a regular dude. It's 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 a dude, you know. Maybe not a regular, regular dude, but, you know, you think he's, like, CIA or something like that. He's just, he, like, an above he's average. He's John McClane. Exactly. He's yeah, John yeah. McClane or Jack Bauer or, <laughs> yeah, you know, okay, right. one of those guys. So you appreciate it. But when you bring the cyborg aspect into the game, it's now no longer I can believe this. Right. You know, it's, 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 just, it's like it's like Die Hard with a Vengeance, it, where it, all of a sudden John McClane <laughs> goes from being a normal dude. To a badass. To, to a super badass. To being able to, you know... Crash like, cars into helicopters. No, and dude. Metal Metal Gear or Metal. Sorry, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance was the one that that lost me when he's he's driving the truck in the in the sewer tunnel. Yeah, and he's he's driving it, and you see the you see the speedometer get to fifty five, and the water picks him up, speeds him up to seventy miles an hour. He crawls out of the truck and, and hits onto a grate. Hits a grate at <laughs> seventy miles an hour and doesn't turn into hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's sorry, listeners. We're ordering uh, beer. Yes, it is is definitely drinking time. Now, now to play the devil's okay, advocate, you. you you are talking about a game series where Liquid Snake took possession of Revolver Ocelot through his hand. 
Okay, look, you're splitting hairs now. Okay, I'm just saying. Look, I'm just saying I've enjoyed this series, and, and I'm definitely and interested. And I think does I anyone else smell pot smoke right now? A little bit, but yeah, right. A little it's bit. not just me. Yes, okay, a little bit. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I live on Capitol Hill. I have no <laughs> fucking idea what you're talking about. I know I'm hungry. Tomorrow, Hideo, Ko- <laughs> tomorrow Hideo Kojima is supposed to be here, and hopefully, I get to talk to him. Hideo. Mr. I lived in Japan for blah, blah, blah. What? Uh, I've been drinking. Shush. <laughs> anyway, Hideo Kojima will be here. And I want to ask, ask him about a couple things. You know, what is his intention with the next uh, version of this series? And also, why are they dual platforming this game? I mean, because... Money. I, money. I, money. I, yeah, but you know, the thing is, is that now money is superseding the, the consumer. It's... We're not getting some. We're not going to get something we love because you're going to have to dumb it down for Xbox. Yeah, fuck you, Microsoft. Yeah, we're going to have to dumb it down for Xbox, and and we're not going to get that product that the PS3 can actually produce. We're getting that product that a dual platform produces, and it's just not the same. I mean, I don't care any game that's come out on both platforms. You see the difference between a perpetual that comes out on just one system. You. You see it, and you know with God. Yeah, there War, are very, there are very few exceptions to that rule, but you're you're right. There are there are exceptions. It, no, it's it, true. Exactly. Like, like for ex- I will use Burnout Paradise as, as an example. That is one of the few exceptions where I think Criterion managed to pull a shit ton of of performance out of right, an Xbox right, right, that exactly. wasn't normally there. Right, yes. you're right. But I. But that's because I, I I have a hard on for Criterion. You know, Those I mean, guys like, are so good. You yeah. take you take Ninja Gaiden, a game that came out on both systems, far better on the PS3 platform. Yes. I mean, just just better in general, just overall with the gameplay, the controls, the handling, oh, everything yeah. is just better. And when you think about that, you go, why are we still like playing this game as far as, oh, we're going to make this dual platform, we're going to make this dual platform. Hey, everybody, listen the fuck up. Can your Xboxes, throw because them out the fucking window, and goddamn buy a PS3 like you should have, <laughs> and play your fucking games. Like, it seriously. Doesn't, it just doesn't accept matter. that your credit card is already open source anyway and get it, a PS3. It, exactly. You know what? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Well played. Thank you. Thank you. Well played. And you know what? It's funny because a lot of my friends that play Xbox, you know, it, it makes me mad because some of these guys are guys that should be knowledgeable in the areas of software and hardware. And it's like, they're like, oh, Xbox, I like Xbox, I like Xbox is better or whatever. Okay, motherfucker, you're paying. It wasn't to better, play. it was earlier. Exactly. That's yeah. all that's, it was. That's yeah. exactly like, what it was. And that's exactly what it was. And if you look at it, it's like, even if you look at the specs in every aspect, PS3 is just the better system. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The problem, the difference between the two, and the problem is that the PS3 is significantly more difficult to develop for. Yes. Whereas the Xbox is a, it's basically a PC. Yes. With a slightly different operating system. Yes, exactly. Yes. I mean, exactly. It's and, a PC, and that's why that's why it exists, and that's why it's still competitive because it's actually significantly easier to develop. But for. you know what? If you're a developer, wouldn't you want the challenge? You know, wouldn't you want to create? No, a good no. game. I mean, because I, I well, the only reason I say that is because, just like I was talking to Andre about before, was that you have screeners for movies, you have testers for games. Like, why does shit game? Why do shit games and shit movies come out? I mean, because there's a guy that's saying that, hey, this is good to go. This is going through several processes. A guy saying this is good to go. So, it's partially that. But let, let me let me um, I'll, I'll explain something that I thought was interesting that I found out about um, movies like. Um, Sucker Punch. Okay. No. I, so, older movies like... Um, fuck, what, what's a good example? Blade Runner's a good example. Okay, Blade and, Runner. And movies of that era, like Aliens. Okay. Um, I found out that movies like that 
tend not to make a, a significant profit. Right. Mostly no. because their production values are so high right. that their profit margin is very low. Yes. However, studios at the time make movies like Police Academy. And I'm not joking about this. Police Academy, extremely small budget, mm-hmm. comparatively high box office take. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's not as high. Like, so, for example, There's a reason imagine, they made six of the damn Yeah, imagine, yes. imagine the movie, you know, say it costs... You know, it costs two hundred and fifty million to make. It takes three hundred and three hundred million at the box office, right. as opposed to a Police Academy movie, which costs twenty million to make and takes a hundred million at the box office. the The profit margin, percentage wise, is gigantic, and those types of movies fund the larger movies to make. And I think the same is true in video games. Mm-hmm. Fucking Ubisoft. Thank you. I was just about to say <laughs> yes. Ubisoft can shit out Dance Central games. Just Dance. And just, or Just Dance, sorry, and make a shitload of Assassin's money because Creed. they're very low. And then they can make things like Rayman Origins and the Assassin's Creed games because they make money off of these yes. shitty pieces of crap yes. that have a higher profit margin than the games that take more money exactly. to produce. No, you're, I have, no, to, explain you're exactly right. I have no. to explain this to people every day. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I, I, I try to, because yeah. people yell at me like, oh, how come all these crap games keep coming out? And I'm like, some of them really make a lot. Like Carnival games made 2K games yeah. a whole lot. Do you guys? Of it's like the, the amount of money that horror movies make, and the fact that most people actually it's the yep. least watched genre in the world. Yes, and it, it is. It, but people. But how many saws are out now? I mean, yeah, how many, right? like and, six or seven. And six, the other thing too like about the difference between the kernels is also the fact, and just to get a little bit more technical, there are a shitload of forums that will get you any kind of question you need to answer without having to call Microsoft mm-hmm. about. Dealing with C, C++, C Sharp, any of the things that you use to either automate test tools or to develop the game itself on an Xbox 360, plus you already get multi-platform. So now if I develop for an Xbox 360, I can sell it on Steam. Instant. Here's the thing that that PlayStation doesn't have. It doesn't have that resource. So Mm, you can almost consider help for a developer if you're running into a serious technical issue you can't you can't nail it down you 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 yeah you can reproduce it but you can't nail down exactly what the root cause is in the code then i mean pretty much at they that have point, internal support but they don't you have, have internal as much. support but you also have to pay for it and right those service contracts are where sony makes a shitload of money and see yeah. that's one of the things that i that i i think sony is learning um because they are, yeah, one they of the things that they now Say what you will about how poorly they marketed the Vita. One of the things that they did right on the back end of the Vita was, uh, and this is now keep in mind, this is just from the research that I've done because I own a Vita. They made it extremely easy to develop for, yes. um, which is something they didn't do with the PS3, right? right? So they made the Vita extremely easy, easy to develop for so that they knew that it wasn't going to be an instant competitor, right? Yeah, because right. Nintendo has a lock on the, on the handheld, oh, the handheld market. Game, yeah. Oh, yeah, so they yeah. made it so that it's stupid easy to port a game to the Vita and make it easy to develop for it. And a lot of people, we had this discussion earlier, but a lot of people are, talk, are wondering why there's even a discussion now of PS4 coming out. Um, and I think that's because they're going to take the... I'm hoping they take the same tack with the PS4. They make it super easy to develop for. And so um, even though from a consumer perspective, the PS3 probably still has three years of life in it, um, the PS4 can come out and make it easier for developers. And if they make it easier for developers, they get more people making games for their console and they start making more of a profit. And I I think that's kind of the problem that you run into with PS3 is that 
by the time the if, if PS4, let's say, and we're being way hypothetical here, but let's say PS4 comes out in three years, it will be competing with the next version of Xbox, right? Seven twenty, yeah. right? And, and the and Wii so, U, and the Wii U, Wii U's right? Out now. Wii U. Exactly. So, so I mean, the the tactical mistake I think that Sony made is something that I see uh, oddly releasing their con releasing their console for all the dollars. Well, mm. not only that, <laughs> <laughs> but, we'll but need your also, mortgage payment. Oh, Jesus, Real, yeah, ambulance lights, but, really bright. But also, it's kind of like it. it to be fair, it's. They released something that I think, and I'm guessing, but I think was really holistically sort of developed and conceived within the bubble of, shall we say, Sony, and without not yes. without enough input from that they realistically took in from the outside world. It's and the I same. Think that it's it's the exact that. same problem that, that Nintendo has. It's the, yes. they do the same thing, right? And it's because they have really, really good first party properties. Both companies do, and yes, they do. so they develop their consoles for those first party properties. Yes, they do. Third parties a secondary consideration, right. um, and Sony is especially guilty of that, especially after the PS2 era, because the PS1 was like we developed a CD drive for the Super NES, and they didn't want it. Fuck it, let's do it yeah, ourselves. Let's do it ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then, the, and then when they came out with the PS2, it was wildly successful. Like right. for sure. its era, it was we successful. I right? mean, no, the PS. Then, here's the thing about the PS2. A lot of people don't understand is that in Japan, they're still making games. Like Force Unleashed yes. came out on PS2. Like, oh yeah, the PS2 is still selling. Oh yeah, and especially in Japan. Holy like, shit, guys! Pause for a sec because I have pause. to. I have to mention the fact that the two guys that just sat behind down behind us in the bar, or the guy and the girl, have original DS's. Original Nintendo DS's. The ones that look like they were made by fucking Gravis in 1987. Those things are like, tanks. <laughs> yeah, they are tanks. Those things are tanks. I, I haven't seen an original DS in years. That's impressive. Like, that's, that's, that's impressive. impressive. Anyway, okay, so continue but the discussion. What was I saying? I don't know. We were talking about... Uh, we're starting to tank. PS2. The PS2. The PS2 is still selling. People are buying oh, yeah, yeah. new oh, wow, fuck yeah. PS2s, and yeah. there are games, especially in Japan. When I was in Japan, they were making new fighting games for PS2 only. Like, they were yeah. coming out, and people were playing it. Like, they're selling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know... And a lot of those games are actually getting ported to digital-only PS3 yes, games. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Like, Heart 3. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I mean yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Melty blood. I mean, the the twenty seven thousandth incarnation of freaking Soul Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's just like. I mean, I'm it's, sure if King of Fighters didn't go three D. Oh it'd be, yeah, it'd be, no, yeah, it'd be, yeah. It'd be King of Fighters. You know, all these yeah. games are coming back. I'm just, you know, I I as a consumer are am, am at that point where I believe my PS3 can last me an, actually another three to five years. Oh seriously. I, I, yeah, as long as you don't launch one. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I've, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Ha I had two launch PS3s that, and uh, both of them failed on me. Uh, the first one I sent back and had them replaced, and now I need to do the same thing. But I'm a, I'm actually, I've decided now. Like maybe it's partially because I'm I'm old, but I'm not going to get a new console at launch. Like it's pointless. My PS3. I've got so many games for my PS3 that I haven't finished, oh, and and yes. I know that in the next two or three or four years there are going to be some fucking spectacular PS3 yes. games coming out. Yes, and so when the next when the PS4 comes out, and, and I'm a Sony hardcore, I really am. I have a Vita. I have. I concur. Sir. I have. I agree with I you. I have three working and one non-working PS3s in my house. Um, That's dedication. Yes, and yes. I'm just. Uh, I'm. But when the PS4 comes out, it's going to be like, one, it's probably going to be like $1,200. And two, yeah. and two, I'm, I'm going to be like, you know what? I, 
to- Sony is notorious for the slow burn. Yeah. They they came out with the PS3 and it was really weak for like 2 years. Yes. God. And then it yes, built it was, and it yeah. built and it built and now now it's fucking it's cornered the market. Amazing. It's like, cornered the market. Yeah. Um, the one year they don't do this is the year of the PlayStation 3 is finally where it actually is the year exactly. of the PlayStation 3. Exactly. Yes, it is. For you, oh, 2007 is going to be the year of the PS3. 2008 no. is going to yeah. be the year no, of the PS3. You're right. 2009 and all of a sudden now, oh yeah. Now last, you've got just I mean, it's just for the last couple of years. Everything, yeah. oh, I mean, God, yeah. when I was in Japan, the thing is when I was in the states and there were so many colors of PS3 that they didn't make. I went to Japan. They have like a white one, a purple one. Yeah. I bought a silver one, not the Metal Gear Solid Special Edition. I mean, yeah, just a legitimate silver, silver yeah. PS3. And I mean, and that thing works like a fucking charm. So yeah, sometimes yeah. It, it sounds like a low flying Blackhawk. But however, <laughs> I mean, when it gets hot, when it gets hot, that bitch gets hot. It sounds yeah. like a motherfucker's beating you over the head with a fan. But I mean, when it gets hot, it gets hot. But however, that is set it to the time. I have three Xboxes in my house that don't work. I mean, I'm just keeping them. I have no idea why they're in my closet, but I'm just keeping them, and I mean, they don't work. And so I can't even enjoy, you know, if there's something about Xbox to enjoy, like I said I've, before. But you the- know, I've been amazed. I was amazed at how a console with a failure rate as high as the Xbox could possibly have maintained a fan base. Uh, it just it just baffles me because because the failure rate on that thing is like 40%. Like the original. I mean clearly they got better, they got right? Better. The, the elite, the, the elite elites and better, better like yeah. when they yeah. when they when they reduced the size of the of the processor and it got coke cooler and everything. Right. Fun, whatever. But the original Xbox had a fucking Monumental. Do you have a like Thompson DVD drive? <laughs> if you do, after you're done smashing it against the face of your worst enemy, you can bring it back to Microsoft, and we will probably suck it. That doesn't suck make sense. Oh, Halo. Halo. Why would you make? Fair. Halo. No, don't but, get me wrong. But why would you make so many different Republic. consoles? Yeah. The PS3 made. Yes, it yeah, had different. Not true. Gigs. No, it had well, it had a shitload of th- skews. Right. They yeah. made the 20, the 40, the 60, the 80. Two different versions of the 80. Right. The 120, yeah. the 250. Good God, um, that's right. Different mm-hmm. skews with different games in them. Yeah, like, you're, 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 sh- you're right. They're there still was, doing there that. There was different. There yeah. was different things. But the the thing is, is that. You have a there was a lower failure rate for those systems. Absolutely, a lower failure rate. Oh, even that, even that's e- like saying. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Sorry, I lost my euphemism. rather large. Doesn't matter what the other side. Is it a vagina? <laughs> that's like saying a pronoun and another pronoun and a verb and then oh my god, there's a mess on the floor. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, but the simple fact of I mean to get back to the original conversation though about packs, I. <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted. Yeah, I know. I'm very distracted. (laughs) To the right of us, there's like a really hot girl. But anyway, um, there was a lot of things. You know, first day of PAX, I know it's not even the top of the, the, you know, Saturday is going to be the big day. But first day of PAX, a lot of things impressed me. I saw a lot of games that I was familiar with that I knew were coming out. Some new stuff, you know, some new stuff. And I got to play some stuff. And I'm, I'm actually impressed with the development of video games how they're advancing yeah yeah i I actually you know at first there was a time i'd say like early the late 90s early 2000 where it seemed like the video game industry was stagnant where there wasn't really a lot of advancement but now you're definitely starting to see a lot of advancement in that in that that in the video game uh developing process and what's coming actually out i'm I'm gonna pause on a little bit of a theory and and that theory is basically based it's based on the fact that the console life cycle, starting with the, the NES and the Super NES, was 
basically considered to be about five years. Right. And I I believe that Sony has altered that paradigm to some degree because yes. they yeah. have specifically targeted a ten year period, a ten right. year life yep. cycle yep. for their consoles. Yep. And I think a lot of I think that has been adopted kind of industry wide. Right. When you get when you got to the point with the PS3 and the Xbox 360, um, there's not the the amount of advancement available is is getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. Right. right? Yes. I believe and it turns out the uncanny valley was it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would be the uncanny valley. And yes. because of that, I think that because console manufacturers are targeting a longer life cycle, mm-hmm. they're allowing developers to really get a hold of those consoles and really understand the architecture and be able to develop games that eek every little ounce out of that console. So you end up with things like uh, Beyond Two Souls and The Last of Us and games that we never would have seen back in the day because they never would have gotten the chance to get developed on that console. But now, because, I mean, PS3 came out in 2004? No, 2006. Within two days of the week. So it has been out for six years without another console launch to replace it. Right. Right? And it's easily got two or three or four more years in it and you're seeing things like The Last of Us where it's just you you look at that game and it's fucking phenomenal right just this amazing advancement in in game technology and that is entirely because the console has been given the life given the room to breathe that life into the development community you know what I mean yeah but there's only one problem though is that Consumers, or especially dumb consumers, have been conditioned to this, you know, five years thing. Yes. Yeah, where I'm, right. I'm out in the I'm out in the field dealing with a lot of customers, mm-hmm. and they keep talking about when's the next one coming out. I want the next one, and I'm like, no, you morons. There's still like like we've been saying, there's awesome stuff coming out right now. It's like we're right in the heart of the awesomeness of the PS3 yeah. and the 360 it, exactly, right now. Exactly. Yeah. And there's these people who are like, I want more. I mean, they don't understand. <laughs> they don't get it. And it, it, and now these um, console manufacturers are kind of oh we, we kind of got to push this out you know we, we, yeah they, they see the Wii coming out or the Wii U coming out this year it's like oh wait we got to that is actually system. that is, actually that is one of the things that I've liked about I uh, liked about Sony's stance at at E3 was the fact that they were like yeah we don't need to so yeah you know we're just gonna do our thing when you the thing and, is and I mean there's rumors about PS4 and everything yeah, but they're just rumors as opposed to as opposed to people coming up and saying yes this right. is coming out there Sony was just like. Yeah, we yeah we got too many good things. When, I well, mean, when you yeah, have I'm a glad s- they came out and said that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you have a system that you know you have, like honestly, Microsoft, the Xbox, the original, even that had untapped power. Like that, yeah, sure. they could have they could have expanded on that. But in in, to, in order to try to get ahead in the market, they jumped to the 360. Yeah, they, they know, literally pulled the plug on that. Exactly, thing. exactly. Was, I mean, they cut yeah. all support for it. You Four know, what years I mean? exactly. Yeah, you know, and the thing about that is, and the they jumped forward to the 360 with the um, the concept of getting out to market first, bef- instead of coming out with a product that was finished. And what they didn't think about was this: when you, if you, you know, let's say, let's say, if, if Luke develops a system, right? You develop that system, and I go, I have a system, I have a system in mind too. But you know what? You want to put yours out first? Fine. I'm going to see all the flaws in your system. I'm going to see what you're not doing, what your games you're not releasing. What which developers is exactly, you're not, exactly which is what they're and, doing now. Exa- and Sony, and then, which is also what Sony did with the fucking Dreamcast. Exactly. Yep. Right? Oh my, yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. 
I was going to make a 360 <laughs> at some point. So thank exactly. you for nailing that. I mean, yeah. you know, you're giving, you actually think you're getting ahead, but what you're doing is you're giving a leg up on the competition yeah. because you're allowing them to see where you're going to fail and make improvements upon that. And well, then it's it, like, it, and it was it was much more of an issue back in the day when when Sony was still an unproven you know an, an unknown factor right when when they just had the PS one and they were like ah they're kind of new and nobody knows whether they're gonna last or anything but now now that they are now that the video game industry has gone from the big two to the big three yes right you know before it was Nintendo and Sega. And exactly. that was, that was yeah. it. it. It was Nintendo, Sega, Nintendo, Sega. Yeah. And then once Sony entered the fray, and then Microsoft entered the fray, and Sega clearly dropped out. Yeah, they just. Because quit. Microsoft fucked him in the pooper. Um, <laughs> they. Um, really hard. Yeah. yeah um, now that it's the big three, and now that all three are established, and we know that they're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. It's not really as much of an issue as uh, first to market isn't as big an issue. So I mean, it was big. It was a big issue for Nintendo because their their console was already behind when it came right, out. Exactly. Even though as successful as it was, don't get me wrong. Um, it like power wise, they needed to they needed to step up a little bit. Right, but clearly. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Um, well, there's something actually. So one of the external questions, if I might drop in there with this one, because it might actually kind of in, maybe not so much inform but direct the conversation. Um, so I got this one from MS Campus, I remember, which was, when I look at the games industry, I see a hyper-violent male-based blo- male explodey fest with little research or awareness in the games of the places that the, in the games of the places that they portray. Is what you see with little re- or is what you see here changing your mind on that? And I guess that kind of goes to the question to kind of direct this a little bit of, is the games industry right now, from what you're seeing here and from what you're all experiencing, is it more games-based or is it more console-based? Because there's a lot of folks that it kind of goes back and forth, and I still keep coming back to it being games-based. It's games-based. It's games-based. It's okay. games-based, it games and it's, it's games-based it now. Right. It's games-based now, whereas in the mid-'90s it was console-based, console right? But it's right. games-based now because of exactly what I was saying. These consoles have been around for a while. Yeah. So... So to that question, I mean, what are you what are you seeing? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of. I read the PAX 10, and I saw a lot of of the games that got away from the AAA blow shit up bromance. But <laughs> what do you what are you seeing? What are you guys seeing so far from today that's really showing that's showing real potential, and that it's kind of driving away from the standard format? Uh, I, I mentioned it earlier with uh, The Last of Us. Um, Last of Us. I think Naughty Dog is really Runner Two was like, another one. Runner think, Two. Yeah. I think Naughty Dog is really, really picking up and getting like they. Yes, they have their sequels. Right. Like they did the Uncharted. They did you know they did the the Jack and Daxter games. Then they did right. the Uncharted games, and now they're moving on, which is it's nice to see. Actually, I was actually really happy to see them. As opposed to Activision doing what they do, doing <laughs> uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Six, uh, <laughs> but the. Um, the thing, the thing about the, I, I think, I think that's the beauty of of the consoles' life cycles being longer is that you get the developers give the developers a chance to focus on their games, right? And I mean, yes. definitely, yeah. But you still see a lot of the sequelitis out there. But, sure, you know, there there are still good. Like yeah, when we walk through that indie section, I was oh, seeing yeah. all, God, that that Mark of the Ninja game. I like this, oh, this yeah, 2D yeah, old yeah, school yeah. like ninja <laughs> game. I'm like. I saw him chop off the head of some. Oh, it's I really wish I could detail and hand drawn. I want to go back tomorrow and play it. Wow. it looked amazing. Like the, that indie area was like that. That's where like this stuff should be pushed even further. This this stuff should be you know the, the whole digital download thing. I actually I actually want to comment on that real quick because uh, yeah, I, I shouldn't say real quick because I'm probably going to go off on a tangent. But um, 
the last year at PAX, the indie slash PAX 10 area was separate from the rest of the con. It was up on the sixth floor. It was in its own room, mm-hmm. which in for for me, for the consumer that wants to go around and actually play the games and see them more, was very much it was a better thing. Until you told me, I did not know there was a sixth floor. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> you go to the sixth floor, and it was, it was kind of in a corner. And you go back there, and it, it was awesome, uh, partially because it was, it was less traveled. There wasn't as many people there. Um, this year, they've taken the indie area, and they've actually moved it to the main floor of the con hall. Oh, wow. And um, it's in this. It's, there's, so the, if, if you can imagine the, the, the con hall, the main con hall for PAX looks kind of like a stunted T. There's a big main room, and then there's like a little offshoot area. And that little offshoot area is filled with the indie games right now. Yeah. And when I first thought about that, I was like, this is horrible. I'm like, I can't, you know, there's going to be, it's going to be loud, and there's going to be uh, so many people back there, and I'm not going to be able to see it. And, and then when I, then, you know, after thinking about it and after finally seeing it in the hall, it gives those indie developers way more exposure. Way more exposure. Much more yeah. foot track is going to go through there. In a yeah. very good way so that they can go back and they can see the games that are being developed by two guys in the base in their mom's basement and see how awesome they really are. There was a game there, um, and I, I fucking can't remember the number, name of it. Uh, for tomorrow's show, I will remember the name of it because it was developed by Capybara, who's the same guys that did uh, Critter Crunch on the PlayStation 3. Oh, okay. Um, it was a game it was a it was a 2D 16-bit platformer like sh- running on shooter <laughs> and the mechanic that was that it was based on was um, when you die the game rewinds to a certain point which it considers like a like a checkpoint right and then when you start from that checkpoint your old life the the life that you just did and was running through the game becomes a ghost that is running alongside ah. you oh wow and you you play alongside your ghost so you can see all the mistakes that you made you can see the enemies that you fought and be distracted by so it so here's the no <laughs> yes good yes. point yeah yeah part partially yes, yes. and but here's the beauty of this and this is when I when I when it finally got explained to me I didn't get a chance to play it I'm going to play it tomorrow um, you start with 30 lives and you can lose. Wow. Right, screams contra. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can, yeah, no, you can right. lose. And and it's, it's very contra esque in yeah. its gameplay. But imagine this. This is this is where the mechanic becomes awesome. You you run to a certain point in the game. You die. Right. Rewinds the game. You have that ghost running alongside you. Mm-hmm. In the game world, you have actually rewound time. Like you're actually rewinding time, oh, like Prince Prince of and, your, and yeah. your ghost and your ghost is running <laughs> alongside you. Now, what he what the guy said, and this is awesome. If you get ahead of your ghost and kill the enemy that would have killed the ghost, mm-hmm. technically that enemy no longer kills the ghost. You get your life back. And you get the life back. Oh, that's, that's awesome. amazing. Oh, that's like, great. The, it is, and amongst ah. that, there, there are so many ideas in there that, like, those are the kinds of ideas that that indie area in, engenders. And you look at that and you're like, that is fucking spectacular. And as yeah. a gamer, I'm like, fuck, this is the kind of game I want to yeah. play. You know, and uh, and when I saw that, I was just like, I was floored. I was like, I I never could have thought of something like that. <laughs> right? I was <laughs> like, right. I, uh, that's I'm great. Like, that's and awesome. yet you've always wanted it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, right? That's, a, that's yeah. kind of the the thing with the indie space that I see. Like, here's uh, the one thing I want to do is is ever, I want to go through and chronicle the PAX Ten from 2008. Well, since they started moving into the right. space here, and I want to find out how many of those folks either A, stayed in indie games, B, 
what the, 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 the titles sold for and then see who got bought by who. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, which ones got gobbled up? Because honestly, it's kind of interesting. Like, we're seeing so many of the, the EAs and the Ubisofts doing that where, I mean, micro, like, for example, Microsoft got good in, in Xbox not because of what they developed in-house. What they developed in-house for launch titles for Xbox was Nightcaster. <laughs> and, I mean, oh, God. Well, what was, that rare, what was that rare game? Oh, God. Uh, 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 What's your favorite? It was that female uh, uh, one. Oh, Perfect Cat- Dark. No, not Perfect Dark. The other one. The, the shiny one. Oni? No. Oh, no. Oni was PS2. That was, I can't remember yeah, what you're talking about, but I know what you're oh, talking about. Oh, no, but I know what you're talking about. Damn it. It, it was supposed to come out for the Xbox. It didn't. And it never came out. Oh, yeah. Cameo? No. Cameo. No. Cameo. Was Elements cameo? of Power? Was that, that was the was it. Yeah, Cameo. That was, the, that was, that was a cameo. Xbox 360 launch game. But I mean, yep. okay, but that, that was again, horrible. Rare. That was, yeah. okay, rare. Bought by, I mean, Bungie. Bought by Microsoft. Again, Project Gotham Racing was another one. Bought. Project that was bought in. But they do yeah. it the Dice right. was another oh, one for Rally Sport Challenge. Right. Bizarre right. Creations. All of the good titles that started were brought in and they were bought. And it was one of those where it's like, you know what? We know that we're a mono, we're a megalithic fucking, we're an arcology. And the only way that we're actually going to get creativity is to buy it from somewhere else. Sony And Sony has been doing it in a slightly different way in that they've, they've, uh, they've, Dealt a lot of uh, dealt with a lot of second party contracts. Yes, where they will fund the development of a game f- in exchange for an exclusive on that game, but they won't own the development studio. Yeah. Like right. that happened with that game, that game company that yeah. made Flower and Flow and then Journey, Journey, yeah. right? And they they when they made Flow, they signed them to a three game contract, and they're like, "You will make three games for us." Right. And they came out with fucking Flower and Journey, which were both spectacular, awesome. right? And I think that's um, a better, and I think that's really what a model that's really interesting because Microsoft sold Bungie. They got rid of it. They yeah. they, they kicked it out. Um, I think they did the same thing with well, a Sony- bunch of the the, the the first two years of Xbox. Those guys are all now independent studios again. They're all doing stuff. But and Sony has a good and Sony in. has a good example of that right recently because mm-hmm. they um, early in the days they the, you know the Cynosis uh, made Wipeout. And they bought Cynosis oh, yeah. and turned it into Sony Liverpool, and then only recently they shut it down. Yeah, like in the last, it was actually only a couple weeks ago they shut down they Sony shut it Liverpool, down. and it's like so. Can Cygnosis come back? And can I have a sequel to right? Colony Wars that doesn't suck balls? <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, exactly, right? police that doesn't suck balls. G-Police. Oh that god, was, that game was, was so good. good. Oh my god, nerd, yeah. no, going back wow. in the wayback machine. Uh, yes. I am going to the wayback machine. Okay. Um, so hold on before you yeah, before we start on the questions, yeah. we got to get over to Andre and ask him like oh, shit. the I'm shit sorry. on the yes. floor that interests you yeah, that oh, you think was awesome. The one game that I was really shocked about was Project P100 for what the Wii is U. That? Oh my! I, I I don't under like I see the main character and he looks like Beautiful Joe, <laughs> which <laughs> nice. I, I will have to confess that's one of my nice. favorite games of all Beautiful time. Oh Beautiful, God, that yeah. one game was it's, it's made great. by Platinum Games. Right. Like, I, I look at the. I look at this like it's like Hideki Kayama is like, how do I get Joe back without getting Joe back from, from the IP from Capcom? Let's make him look different. And it's, it's this insane game. Right. And um, what really blew me away, like, I, I saw a boss battle as I walked. Because they logic first, I mean, Nintendo using a smart decision for once. They took You're this. You're kidding. Uh, right, right. Okay. They prominently place this game in their booth. It's not like it's oh, just cool. not stuck on one TV. It's right. It's like the same Everywhere. way they have Pikmin three with a giant banner and a giant sixty inch TV and like Super Mario U. Oh, they have wow. Project P one hundred on a giant banner. They have it on 
big giant screen. You see this <laughs> boss battle in HD. It's amazing. You see the tiny little character. Because like, I guess the way it works is like you take all these normal humans and turn mm -hmm. them into superhumans, and you you bring them all together. It's like some weird Pikminist kind of game. But instead of you know gathering flowers and surviving, you are beating shit up. <laughs> like nice. you will gather these thirty people, and they will form a giant red fist of death and freaking start socking <laughs> socking things. And nice. I'm like. And I'm watching this game like, I really want to play this. <laughs> like, it's, it's a gang-a-bang. Yeah, yeah. It's this insane. It's from Platinum Games. It's, oh, know, wow. The same, the same psychopaths that brought you, you know, originally brought you Beautiful Joe and right. Bayonetta and, you know. Yep. Ooh, Bayonetta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And see, and that's the mm -hmm. thing. I, I was going to mention earlier, when you were talking about Metal Gear, I'm like, the reason is it's Platinum freaking Games who's making that. It's basically, it's Bayonetta, oh, wow. but okay. with yeah, that's you know it's what? Bayonetta, but with Ryan. If you think about that, mm -hmm. it is. And I, you know it is Platinum Games. And it's I not, love, it's and not, I it's love not Bayonetta. Kojima Productions I mean, that's I, making I, Metal Gear yeah, Revengers. I played it's, the hell out of Bayonetta yeah. and loved it. So, I mean, maybe I will like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I wasn't sure if you knew that it's not Kojima who's making Revengeance. It's Platinum Games that's making that game. And that's why the game is basically Bayonetta. Like, hey, look, it's Raiden Maker. Cry. Yeah, Raiden <laughs> may cry. Nice. It's like well everything played. I see wow. from that game. Raiden right? so, may cry. But yeah, but that pro that this Project P100 game, I'm wow. saying like they're pro they're probably promoting because they know where they're at. They know they're at PAX. Right. <laughs> they know what the people are here. Right. And you can and then you see this game and it looks and there's this giant boss battle, and the boss is just so freaking detailed. You're fighting on the boss's arms. Oh, I moved back. Sorry because I was like. I was motioning to show having a shadow of the Colossus moment. Yeah, the shadow of the Colossus moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and you're you're fighting this spot. Even like you have these thirty little guys, and you turn them into the giant red fist, and you're trying to break everything. And I was just watching the scope of this battle was amazing. That's and like, awesome. And it's like, hey, look, it's a Nintendo game in HD, and it yeah. looks amazing. Project P one game. Project P one hundred looks so good. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. that looks so good. It's Freaking great! And like I'm like, that's a game, and like, and that's a game. They should be pushing really hard here in a good, in a in a con full of gamers. Yeah, I that was something that like, and Luke and I talked about this. I think the last packs, and I could yeah. be wrong, but I like I have watched Nintendo. I don't want to say decline, but become disconnected. And I think from their North American audience, like I think they have not become disconnected from their Japanese audience at all. I mean, maybe they have, but I've seen that with the North American audience. And like last year, packs I did kind of go around the Nintendo booth I'm like please have something I like and I they didn't this year, this, this year like is something. This year's totally actually different. way different. Like, like um, yeah, Zombie I'm, U is pro that's the first thing you see when you walk up to yeah. the Nintendo booth. The first thing you see is Zombie U. We were worried about Wii well, the, U. The beauty, the beauty of this con as well um, is this is actually the first time that consumers have gotten their hands on the Wii U. This is actually yes, the first convention right. this year that because it wasn't at E3. And it was no, at E3, but it, you know, you were like, you don't really count that for consumers. Yeah, yeah, yeah because it's all media, right? right, right. Uh, and um, they didn't really have much of a presence at Gamescom, according to my according to my wife who was actually there um, <laughs> and this year they do and and it's it's showing like it's it's showing people like the, the capabilities of the console which is yeah. kind of cool and and mm -hmm. um, it's it's nice to see it's nice to see because you're right last year it was a little weak their big their big shtick was uh, was Zelda Zelda uh, and, <laughs> and Zelda that, test demo which yeah, was not playable like no. this is what Zelda will look like in HD when we eventually make it in five years yeah yeah, yeah. It was, it was no really no last year they had it playable here um, it was it was, uh, it was bad. It was just, it just wait, wasn't. It was like uh, Zelda, we use Zelda. No, 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 no. The mm. the last Skyward Sword. Oh. Skyward Sword. Yeah, oh, it, was, talking, yeah okay. no, it was a very clunky Skyward Sword. Yeah, and and, uh, and Mike Tron, who you know, who's, who was on the show last year, uh, bought Skyward Sword after it came out, and and fucking hates it. 
Like, he yeah. hates it. And he's yeah. a Zelda nut. He nut. loves Zelda games, yep. and he hated Skyward Sword. Um, I haven't played it enough to be able to say either way. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's it's nice. Like, I was, I was actually... I was looking at some of the stuff in the Nintendo booth. I was like, this is... Good. This is... This is Worthy of being of sitting next to the people they're sitting next to. You know, they're 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 two blocks down from the from the Sony booth, and they're they're right next to Sega, and they're right next to Ubisoft, right next to Microsoft, and Microsoft, and and they're like, you know, oh by the way, just just because I have to bring this up, and I pointed this out to Eddie earlier, so Sony and Microsoft are right next to each other, (laughs) and on the on the on the what it would be western edge of the Sony booth, there is a giant PlayStation logo, PlayStation, and then the word. PlayStation in the typical logo. Right. <laughs> Sony has a bunch of hanging stuff in their Microsoft. booth. Or yeah. Microsoft. Microsoft has a bunch of hanging stuff in their booth. And most of it actually has like logos or something on it or it's to develop or to advertise a game on the eastern side of their booth, which butts up to the western side of the Sony booth where this mm-hmm. PlayStation logo is. They have two giant green Empty fucking banners <laughs> that serve no purpose what? but to block the PlayStation logo Ooh. from people's view. <laughs> and so I, was, that, I would not have noticed that. Oh. So he, pointed he pointed out that oh. was a very strategic combat. Unless move. you are, <laughs> awesome. unless you are in the aisle between the two booths, nowhere that you stand in the hall can you actually see the whole PlayStation see, logo. P- this is <laughs> P on. <laughs> right. This is this is like every time stat. That, okay. Now, now, granted, of course, this is also coming on the heels of the fact that Windows 8 and Server 2012 are coming out this mm. this this year. But why is it every year Microsoft releases an OS, they decide to to, to shaft the creativity out right. of their games group every, and their it's, marketing? It's every group. other so they every other it, operating system. Every, yeah. Well, every no no every operating system when they decide they they yank a bunch of budget for marketing. Mm-hmm. So they go to the game shows and they're like, oh my god, we got to put something together. To, to, uh, oh oh god, Sony looks better than we. Uh, dick move. <laughs> this is all they got. It's all it's all they got. <laughs> Yeah. All I'm um, saying is that you know what they're selling. If you've seen the commercials, and they've been doing this for a while, but they're selling computers and they're giving away Microsoft Xboxes for free. Yes, with yes. the computers. Yes. If you ask me, that means one of two things: either your shit's failing, or two, you have such a huge stock of these things that you just need to <laughs> surface them. So you're like, surface. I don't care who. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, you have a surplus. Surface. You I have mean, a surplus, sur- and you're just like. I gotta get rid of these. I gotta get rid of these. But, oh no, no, no! It's 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 basically. I mean, the whole idea it, on the on the surface does look that oddly enough. We're saying this. The, the whole marketing on the surface behind surface. Anyway, the whole marketing idea though behind surface is the fact that we're gonna turn your coffee table into a mobile phone. Oh. So I mean, you, if you, when you and it'll make sense when you see more of Windows 8. But I mean, right. honest to God, that's that's where they're just basically the, here. The more we give it out to gamers, the more we know that the people who are the most vitriolic, internet savvy, and and fastest typists that we've ever internet fucking bros? seen are yeah. going to come out. I really and are wish. going to actually not give a shit for the fact that we're trying to paradigm switch switch tower. Computing. I really wish that the the Microsoft booth at this con. Had usable, touchable Surface tablets. Yeah, I wish. They I really too. wish they had because I yes. really, really wanted to see that. Seeing the demo that they did recently when they yes. reva- unveiled it, tech ed, I was yeah, like, was awesome. "That looks fucking awesome." It is, and i I wanted to I wanted to hold it in my hands. I wanted to see it mm-hmm. um, because you know, Surface for the last five years has been this kind of 
vaporware ephemeral thing where yes. oh we're gonna have like a 50 inch TV that's a mm-hmm. touch screen and we're gonna do this stuff on a table shit yep. and then it comes out and it's and it looks like a legitimate iPad competitor and yes. I want to mm-hmm. see it I want to hold it I want to touch it I want to fuck it I want to fuck around with it yes I do I want to fuck it I do I really I really do I mean um, my issue with Microsoft is that they always overpromise and underdeliver yes yes <laughs> like look back at like all the stuff they promised with Connect. <laughs> Like what, what? Oh God! You walk by the Microsoft oh. booth in the hall, just just so you know, they've got three Connect stations with games that are perpetually empty. Yep. Nobody, nobody yes. wants to touch it. Nobody no. wants to see it. No. Nobody wants to have anything no. to do with it. Oh yeah, it's, it is amazing well, to see I mean, in the booth. It is there. almost like this. I, I haven't seen. I think Sony abandoned the Move project, like, which is good for them. Yeah, they, like, because I haven't seen any new, any really, really new things that are like now specifically targeting the the Move. It's because the Move, the Move was a mistake. The Move was them attempting to draw in the Nintendo audience, mm. and yeah. when they did it. They overpriced it for one. That's the mm. biggest problem. They overpriced it. They um, aesthetically, they just fucked it up. Like, mm. who wants to hold the giant ice cream cone with a lit fucking? It's nobody wants to deal with that. Um, it looks like a predatorial clown sex toy. <laughs> it's just the most <laughs> horrid looking thing. I was trying to find out a good way of saying that, but there it nailed is. it. I, I thank you. Predatorial clown sex toy. Predatorial clown sex toy that fu- changes colors. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just uh, had somebody walk by and say it was awesome that we were podcasting from a bar. I think the word he used was hot, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, you end up, you end up with what what appears to be a, a lit ice cream scoop on the top of a flashlight, mm-hmm. and it's, <laughs> not, it's just not nice. A flashlight. RBI double out of nowhere. Right there. Oh, man. Oh. How far can we push this? <laughs> um, and it was just a mistake. And. What's, what's, don't, don't what sucks about oh, that, the, the thing that actually really sucks about Move is that it is, it is, it's like the Betamax of the video game industry right now because it is actually physically a better product than the Wii controller. Yep. It is, it is a, it's an amazing motion control controller, sure. but nobody fucking wants motion control. Right. So... I guess we'll go with VHS. As, as you know, it, it just, mean, you as know, opposed I'm, to the Neo Geo that is Connect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I mean, you know, I'm perfectly you know, as an avid gamer. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with holding a controller in my hand. It's not like it's such an inconvenience, you know, that I need to go out and buy a Connect where it's like, right. oh, it's hands free. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like the difference between having a you know a Bluetooth headset and actually having to put your phone up to your ear. The, yeah. the is market it really helping your cause. No, no. This this is the conundrum that uh, actually all three manufacturers are running into right now. Yeah, it's kind of an opposite way. Where, where the we really succeeded in was getting a bunch of people who don't play games yes. to yes. play games. Yeah. Exactly. See, this move and connect stuff, this isn't for us. The people who are here at PAX move and connect, this is not for us, even yeah. though no they try to cram freaking Mass Effect. Hey, you can talk to your TV. It's much easier when I press a button. Yeah. <laughs> the connect, the connect I, I, I know now the market that the connect has, has dealt with, and that is... Uh, kids, little kids yeah. who want to play games. And, and that is because I know plenty of parents who 
their kids aren't quite ready to pick up a controller yet, mm-hmm. but they can step in front of Connect and they can play like the Sesame Street game that right. what's like that Double fucking Fine. Double Fine made, oh, yeah. and they yep. love it. They right. love every minute you're of right. it. And you're right. and so you're right. You're absolutely right. It is just not for us. It's not for us. And, and they're, they're trying. You know, it, it, in the end, it's always about money. And you know, Microsoft and Sony saw that Nintendo was raking in truckloads of cash a few years ago with yeah. the right. non the non gamers becoming gamers with you know right. the Just Dance and all this other stuff. Right. And and, and so obviously now Nintendo ha- kind of has that opposite problem where they've succeeded. They've really resonated with these non gamers, and they're trying to get back to the game, which I think is the big problem. Well, this is the biggest problem the Wii U has to face where, you know, Iwata came out last year at E3. It was like, oh, we're targeting three different consumers. We're targeting the people who already own Wiis, right. the people who don't own Wiis, and right. we're targeting the hardcore. It's like, mm-hmm. wait, you're, you're spinning too many plates there. Right. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, and, and I guarantee you, sir, you do not have the operating or marketing <laughs> budget for two of those groups. <laughs> Pick one. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's that's the biggest hurdle that they're going to have right. to overcome. Because like, you see the, the presentation here at PAX, hardcore, hardcore. Look look how hardcore we yeah. can be. Right. Right. But we don't want to alienate all these brand new customers that we created. And there's still a significant well, portion of non-gamers who are... Who they're still, they're still trying to like figure out, you know, it's like a Rubik's cube. I'm like, okay, we got to get these new people somehow. We got to create more customers because we got to make more money because these last couple of years haven't been so great. And yeah. the same thing is happening. You know, I'm always I'm, I'm on the show consistently. I'm always talking about fighting games, and the same thing is happening with the fighting game genre. I remember when a fighting game took years to master. Press yeah. button for combo now. Yeah, and yes. now because they want to attract all these new fans to these oh, yeah. games, they're making them so easy that it's almost not even funny See, right anymore. Right there, you can substitute fans with money. <laughs> exactly, but it's because it's becoming all about money, not about the consumer, not about the hardcore fan. The hardcore fan is actually abandoning that's your w- shit. That's exactly where every industry on the planet goes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Eventually. Things like the Ouya come around and will create that market that is more toward the hardcore indie focused gamer that can get, you know, that can go online and, and get these like little indie games that do crazy shit like fucking The Binding of Isaac or Closure or, you know, these little shit the games. Binding of and, Isaac. Yeah. That's yeah. my weekend activity. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually, I, I was going to. Oh, sorry. If you were. Uh, what I'm going to do is actually, I'm, I'm going to. Switch the conversation a little bit because we've been going for a while on on a huge fucking tangent. I want I want to switch it to some of these questions yeah. that Matt okay. has brought brought with him so that we can actually get these answered before uh, it takes us an hour and forty five right. minutes to get <laughs> done with this show. So, so we've kind of broken these up into three categories. Uh, the first one being for people on the outside of packs looking in. That would be me. Uh, the other one is I want to oogle at games, and the third one is I want more into nerd culture. So okay. we're going to get into the nerd culture one because oh boy. Okay. I and and the first Ruh-roh, one is shaggy. Oh yeah. So let's say you're not a nerd, not a gamer, but perhaps you wish to be. What does PAX bring to you? How does we're, PAX we're, suck people? So in? remember, there's there's a second question that's kind of tied in, and I want yes, I want I want them both to be. And the second question is kind of what it is is. Uh, you're a nerd on the surface. You're looking to engage. Like, okay, everybody starts off with the "I think this is cool" and it's grab bag, right? You're always doing grab bag. Mm-hmm. You haven't figured out what you want. You haven't figured out what you really you dig into. What you really, I, I'm. You're big into fighting games. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, all, <laughs> I'm all over the place. Luke is really big into easy games. Um, yes. <laughs> no. I suck at video games, so yes. But platformers tends yes. to be the things that you talk yep. the most about, and that's I'm a big RPG. I'm big into narrative and story and 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 how it's delivered. Um, so, how is it? What does PAX do to kind of get you dig deeper into your geekdom? 
to help you find your niche or to help you decide to want to find a niche. So, so my... And I'll take that question off the air as I go piss out the beer I've just been drinking. Yeah, my, my opinion on that is that it's, um, it's really, really dependent on the individual. Because if you're not a nerd yet and you want to become a nerd, you have to be willing and open to it when you come here. Because this is about as hardcore an environment as you're going to find. Dear right. God. Definitely. And <laughs> the, now, that being said... The people that are presenting at PAX seem to know that, seem to know that there are a lot of people coming through this con that maybe don't know about what they're presenting. And um, the second part of the question was, it, are, are there people that are open to, uh, to presenting that stuff to you? And I think that's, I think yes. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys agree or not, but yeah, I think... Especially in the, in the Skybridge area, that, that seems to be like yeah. kind of an inviting area where there's like, hey, you want to come demo this uh, tabletop card game? Hey, you want to come check out these comic books? Hey, you want to yeah. check out, you know, it, it was varying things. It wasn't just video games. There, there, yeah. There's other, you know, like this, there's other methods. Of, and they're being open. They're like, hey, you want to check out the stuff? They're, they're there to answer questions. They're really open and and, 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 and they're nice. They're, they're being, they're not the typical, you know, oh, you're not into my stuff? Then... F fuck off. Get 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 out of my face. Yeah. I'm all here for my fans. And that's one of the things that I've found about this con more than others that I've been to is I feel like I feel like the people that are presenting stuff to you are less intrusive than in other conventions. Mm-hmm. They they're like, "Hey, do you want to try this?" And if you say no, they're like, "Cool. Cool, whatever." whatever. Yeah, sure. They're not they're not like they're not like the the fucking dudes in Vegas that are that are flicking the fucking stripper cards, right? Yeah. They're like, "Hey, take this, take this. You want to get take it down, take it down, take it take from me, take it, take from me because you know you want to get fucked for a hundred dollars. Come on, 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 come on. It's not like that. It's like, hey, do you want to you want to check this out? Because I think it would be cool if you check this out. Yeah. And they're and if you're if you're like yes, they're like, if you have any questions, just let me know. Yeah. If you're like no, they're like. Whatever, whatever. Walk on. You'll you'll walk by again sometime. Yep. Um, and it's 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 kind of strange because the step that people I think need to take is the initial willingness to be immersed in the nerd culture. And if you're willing to take that first step, I think PAX is a great place to immerse yourself in it and learn more about it and get into things that you wouldn't necessarily be into. Um, I think if you're not willing to take that first step, if you if you're already uncomfortable immersing yourself in nerd culture, this is a bad place for you to be. Yeah. <laughs> Dudes um, dressed up as women. If you if you do not like smelling body odor, oh, don't God. come here. Oof. Right? There's some there is some funky shit at this Oh, con. my God. Yes, there is. There's some funky shit at, at almost every convention. Well, you're, you're absolutely I don't care true. if it's an insurance this, convention. <laughs> there, is, there are very I've, few I've, conventions <laughs> where people are packed in as tightly as this one, though. True. Um, but as somebody who's been to a, a convention just on a totally out there of a, a global security and, and discussions of global security, globalization, and, and uh, uh, entrepreneurship across the world is basically the idea of this convention. Um, in San Francisco, about 20,000 people, both from all kinds of industries, multinationals, people that are subject matter experts, the whole nine yards, packed into a six-hour seminar from oh noon to six... There was about 4,000 of us. Half of the people in there were in uniform. And let me tell you something. You walked out of there, and it smelled like brute and butt. <laughs> <laughs> because it was, like they, brute. It, it was like they locked you in there. It was aqua velva and ass. Uh, and it was just here. 
horrifying. With a hint and of Old Spice. With right? a, yes, exactly. With a hint and, of and Old Admiral Spice. Yeah. I mean, it was like... Was this at the Moscone it, Center? No wonder they remodeled Actually, uh, you, uh, oddly <laughs> enough, Center, yes, yeah. it was at the Moscone Center. And Holy Pax, shit. And Pax uh, pretty much universally smells like like axe and feet. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's your that's your your odor. If 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 this were an odor, not, we were a playing Rare too. There podcast. was a little tiny. Polka I did not expect the, such a strong smell to come out of such a small man. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know you don't. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh. oh Pax so cool. attendees, uh, please. Please, please, just please. Shower, man. Just, just, a I mean, just shower before you show up to the show. Deodorant on. Degree. Shower. Body heat turns it yeah. on. <laughs> shower and deodorant before you enter the show. Wear clean please clothes. Do not, <laughs> do not eat Mexican for lunch. Do not. Please. Don't eat Mexican. Don't because, eat Thai. And yeah. for those of you, and by the way, for those of you that are new to Seattle, coming up here, there's a couple of traps. It's called Thai. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's called Thai, <laughs> and it's if, called Indian, if you're and eating, it's called Thai. Yeah, if you're eating any food that would make you go, Ooh. <laughs> don't do it. Just yeah, don't fucking do it. It's just not going to end well. Stick yeah. with the easy yeah, stuff. Because, yeah, exactly. So, um, okay, so, yeah. so uh, to, to move on to another question, uh, we'll start with the people looking in. Um, how much of PAX is about the studio showing off their titles versus people seriously exploring the industry? Now E three now okay now granted and, and and this might be an interesting one for you Andre because I've been to, to on on sort of the outskirts of an E three um, was at one but was working and it there was it was no panels no nothing it was really just about here's our shit isn't it awesome boobies halo boobies halo boobies halo a giant <laughs> a, a giant dick wagging fest it, it really was yes exactly it was it was it was not giant dicks I mean it was yeah, a really it big was, di- it was, yeah. <laughs> what one really Wait, big is dick? it a giant dick waving fest or a giant dick Waving fest. <laughs> yeah. Those are two different things, my friend. <laughs> Remember that that promo film for that's, the old Republic a... of all the guys racing out of that shuttle that crashes bum, into the bum, Jedi bum, Temple? Bum, 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 yeah, imagine bum, imagine bum, they're bum. armed with little Smokies and have weird T-shirts on. Okay, that's kind of what it was. But the, the, the point being that, that it wasn't really much of a serious exploration. I look through like the panels and I see that's a serious exploration, more of one. But, I mean, what do you guys see? What are the, what are the real practical differences between the two? Uh, go ahead. The, yeah, the panels. I mean, yeah, you just nailed it around right that. Like at E3, okay. it's it's all like we need to show everyone what we're coming out with this holiday, and right. we need to expose us as much as we can to our retailers and whatever nerds manage to sneak in. Right. Because they'll post the videos on the internet and talk about, hey, we need to get positive buzz on Twitter and Facebook and whatever. Pick your favorite uh, social media. Mm-hmm. But like here, it's yeah, because uh, one of my roommates, she was reading off all the panels. <laughs> I was sitting there listening to her read off all these things. I was like. This is really cool. There's like, yeah. there's really serious introspective, you know, like where they actually are trying to, exp- you know, expand the industry, you know, yes, make it more about art and less about flashbang boobs. Yes. Yeah. kill. Mm. I think I think a lot of that. I, I think the indie area at this con is a big, uh, is more about in advancing the industry and showing stuff that you know is innovative and trying to like trying to engage players on a on a level because i mean for example today we were wandering around um for anybody that listens to the show i know we've talked about the bit trip games in the past yeah. uh you know bit trip void and stuff and we talked about them earlier in the show but like i went to the to the fucking gaijin games booth and i sat there and bullshitted with alex noisy for a while and he's like he's the guy right you're it's not it's not an it's a ubisoft or an activision situation where you're talking to 
to people who are hired to sell the game. Right. You go into this indie area and you're talking to the people that fucking made make them. Hmm. Right? Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. You, you know, you yep. talk to com- little companies like Broken Rules who are making like uh, Aurora, Chasing Aurora and right. the, the Closure guys and fucking... Right. Um, you can actually, like for anybody who's familiar with the, the GBA uh, game Tokitori, you can go to and talk to uh, the Two Tribes guys and they're fucking there. It's the guys that made the game and it's not, you know, it's no... There's no separation there, and that's what I think is really awesome about this. Is and where I think it's more of a more of a dialogue between gamers and right. the people that make the shit that they like, as opposed to salespeople selling their shit to, right. to exactly. horrible you know. marketing person there. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, and, and I told this story. I told this story about the last packs, and I'll tell it again. One of the things that I, I loved was we, uh, you know, we went to the Sony booth at the last packs, and we were talking about uh, we went to um, it was Infamous Two. They were they were demoing Infamous Two. And we were sitting there playing Infamous 2, and I was talking to my wife, and I was like, uh, one of the things that has always aggravated me about the Infamous series was that, now, uh, the story has a sad ending, but um, was that you have an aim, you have, you have third-person view and an aiming view, and you can't, uh, you can't switch your, um, your, you can't invert your look control separately, right? So when I was standing in that booth, I was talking to my wife, and I, and I was like, um, I, I talked to this guy and I was like, hey, you know, what do you do for Insomniac? He's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm actually just a tester, but it, because, and he was demoing games. And I'm like, but hold on just a sec. And he runs over and he grabs this guy and he pulls over and he's like, and, and the, this guy looks at me and it, there was no introduction or anything. He's like, this guy looks at me like expectantly like you have something to say. And I'm like, so I, I, what I'm hoping is that in Infamous 2, I can, I can invert look and, and aiming controls separately because I don't, you know, the way that it is right now, I don't like. He's like, oh, that's, that shouldn't be too hard to do. I could probably do that. And the other guy's like, yeah, this guy's the lead programmer on Infamous 2. And I'm like, fuck, wow. yes. Right? So it's like it's that kind of interactions that you right. have at PAX that, that make it that kind of approachable, you know, where, where it's more than just selling stuff to people. It's... The people. It's actually and interacting. With it's the interacting with the community, and the right. and that's something that the 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 um, not Naughty Dog, um, the guys that make Infamous Sucker Punch Sucker guys, punch. we're punch. saying is that this is the opportunity for the people that make the game to go out, see people reacting to it, right. and exactly. under and and connect the work that they're doing with the effect that it's having on exactly. real people. Right, because that data yeah. is that that data is absolutely invaluable, and you do not get it. I mean, yeah. I guarantee yeah. you, if, after running play test sessions and, and test sessions, you do not get that data when you bring people in and you sit them down that you do when you g- bring it to something like this or you take it to another venue. And yeah. I, I guess to kind of addendum onto that real fast, what are you seeing from the big the big three in that? Like, we talk a lot about the indie guys, and that's, I mean, to be fair, it's almost cheating because, to be fair, it's a small studio. Mm-hmm. They really want to put themselves out there. So, of course, they bring their A guys. The MS and... Uh, Sony and uh, uh, Nintendo guys. They, I've seen them do presentations. Yep. I've the closest I came in in the packs last year to actually interacting with any of them was during Halo Fest. They had a few of a couple of guys kind of yeah, wandering. Yeah. How often do you see that here, where you get people from the industry that are actually in the big three interested in getting out and getting input back? That okay, going to my E3 history. I only one time I yes. saw I saw Ted Price from Insomniac, and, oh, wow. was, and then this was uh, before um, the last the last uh, Ratchet and Clank came out of uh, Crack in Time, right? And, and he was actually there 
fucking spectacular game. Oh yes, hell yes. Oh my god. And he was actually there, and like I, I didn't even realize it was him. Like I, I'm like I'm there playing a cracking time, and I'm like this is a blast. I, I, I yeah. freaking love it. And he's like, oh, I'm really glad you like. it. And he walked over to me. I'm really glad you like it. Though. Tell me what you like. And I was like, and I realized, I look at him. I'm like, wait, you look familiar. <laughs> and I looked down at his badge. I'm like. Holy crap! You're Ted Price. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's the only time that's ever happened. I mean, sure. And it and it packs. I think it happens a lot more. Yeah, like, I mean that that story I just told was was somebody from fucking uh, was somebody from Sucker Punch. Sucker it wasn't Punch. like the lead programmer. You lead yeah. programmer for Sucker Punch. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, some marketing guy. And that's. And right. I think, I think that's what Pax does. It's a it's a community. Like they they market this show as a as a gaming festival, and I and I think that's accurate marketing because it is. It is gamers interacting with the people that make the entertainment that they enjoy. Yes, it's not just it's not just marketing people, and I and I think that's what's awesome about the show. So, are you guys going to any panels? Did you go to any panels today, and are you planning on later on? Uh, I'm planning on. Uh, I want to find out when uh, Hideo's panel is because I'm I definitely interested. Believe that's in, tomorrow. Is yeah, I know it's tomorrow. Yeah, it's just, tomorrow. But I'm definitely interested in that panel. Because uh, there's a panel over there I'm yeah, interested in too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's going to be talking about you know Metal Gear and stuff like that, and I'm interested in a lot of things he has to say about Metal Gear. You can get him on the show. Get him um, on the show. I am, I, I am probably. I mean, you do not want him sitting down at, at a respectable table with somebody like. Well, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so yeah, yeah, get him on the show. If it comes down to it, and I can actually get him on the show, I mean, it would be great. Um, he's like semi reclusive, <laughs> so it's kind of. Really I was about hard. to. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, good I, luck. When know, I worked, maybe, when, I, when I worked maybe. for another retailer, I managed to actually meet him once. Uh, he did really? a, it was right when uh, Snake Eater came out, and he was okay. doing in person. Uh, he was doing in person signings. One, oh, oh, wow. Andre name dropping. I'm turning off his mic. <laughs> <laughs> you actually did. Yeah, flick it back up. <laughs> okay, am I back now? Yeah, you're back. Uh, it, it was really. It was, he was at. Uh, he was at a game. This is back before the brand split of GameStop and right. Brian and EB, and Games. EB so he, Games. He was at. He was at the the biggest GameStop that there is in LA. What about Funko Land? Womp and womp. Babbage's. Oh, oh, <laughs> Don't get me started on the Gestapo. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I mean, maybe maybe in the hopes. That I can utter a few Japanese phrases his way, it'll impress him enough to, to get him. I mean, otherwise I'm gonna have to chloroform <laughs> the man, yeah, and that's fine. Then, oh, yeah. uh, you know, kidnap him for a couple of hours. I, like I, I, like I, I said on after the fact, if you can get Hideo Kojima on our show, you can have the show. <laughs> it's no, yours. The, the dude, like I think he like 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 most Japanese of ours, he's amused by us. Yes, yes, he is. He, he is like terribly is. amused. By you got to play on that. You got to bring up like the full Dallas, Texas tourist. Konnichiwa. Um, like, no, like somebody uh, brought Ohio a, like some, Somebody <laughs> brought a Snake's Revenge, and he refused to sign it because that's not his game. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. It isn't. It is his game. Yeah. It is not. It is not his game. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Two, right? Yeah. yeah well, two no, Snake's Revenge. Well, yeah. Metal Gear Two. Or Metal Gear Two. Okay. Metal Gear so um, one of the th- questions that did come up actually, and this would be a short one, but is. So it seems it's the one with with the big title is the big uh, titles that are here. It seems like Disneyland when people rush into the hall, they sit and wait for hours just to get ten minutes of a beta from a AAA title. In all of the PAXs that you've been to, has this exercise ever been worth a fucking wait? This is an easy answer. Yes. No. Okay. Never. Yes. And that's also for E3. So yeah. Never. I w- Never. I will I say. Stand in line. I will say. You right. know, this is my first PAX, but this is not the first time that I've actually been. Available for a beta test. It happens in Japan all the time. They bring yeah, a game yeah, to the arcade yeah. and then they're like, hey, beta test it. It's never worth it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. you get there and you're hoping for something. You're like, oh, King of Fighters fucking 27 or fucking Marvelous Capcom sure. 3 or whatever. And it's just like, 
uh, this yeah, is what you're doesn't. giving me. And the yeah. thing, the thing about PAX is that people will, people will wait in line to wait in a line. Yeah. Uh, at PAX, it's amazing. The the problem with that is that you get there and you you play a game for ten minutes and you think, oh fuck yeah, I got to play, fucking insert game here, something yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Assassin's Creed three, and then eventually you're you're like. In a month, you're going to get to play it. In a month, you're going to sit anyway. in, a month, you're gonna sit exactly. in a month, you're going to sit in fucking line at midnight to pick up to your pick pre-ordered copy. Yeah, and it's like so it's it like has a fucking doll in it. It, is yeah. never, it used to be different. It used to be where you'd see a game like at a big trade show, and it wouldn't be out for a couple of years. I remember playing right. Kingdom Hearts in exactly. like 2001. Yeah. Like, oh wow, holy crap! This is great. But that game didn't come out like yeah. what, 02, 03. I'm yeah, you're right. No, when you're I was, right. I'm like, I failed a class in college because of Kingdom Hearts one. You're going to play it now in September, and it comes out in November. Yeah. That, that's a big, that's like, a big difference now. That's why why not just wait? I'll just yep. wait. So at at the um, uh, uh, what do we say? So at a, actually, the question I'm going to switch the gears just a little bit here because um, the dealer rooms here is something we haven't talked about, we haven't yeah. really brought up, and it's something that normally people go to in the evenings. Really, right. I've not seen them during the day. Um, if you've gone to the dealer rooms and you look at the prices in the dealer rooms compared to the outside world, do you think you're getting fleeced? Do you think it's lower, higher, the same? So the first thing I'll clarify is that with packs, there isn't a specific room that is just for retail stuff. Right, right. They're, they're kind out. of sp- sp- you know spread around the hall. Yeah. Um, I I won't usually buy stuff from them. The only the only time that there's an exception is if there's a specific. Uh, developer or a specific company that is selling con exclusive stuff like the behemoth is a good example they you know they have all these like figurines and stuff from from uh, castle crashers and stuff right. that they sell those kinds of things sure but when you get um, when you get the other ones like pink gorilla and some of the other like yeah you know, it's just like they I feel like they kind of overcharge and they're because they're playing on the audience. Sure. I don't know if you guys like. I, I agree. No, I, I'm, I'm being a former comic book retailer that worked at shows. Like, yeah, you always you jam them because they're there to spend money. Yeah, they brought money earmarked specifically to blow on stupid things. Yes, and yeah. you hope that you catch a few of them in your net. Okay. Um, how's the swag this year? I have no idea because I don't uh, go after swag. Yeah. I. Is this the time to get into my Justin Wong story? I got, <laughs> I got a <laughs> shirt. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it counts as swag, but yes, let's go but, into oh, your Justin okay, Wong story. If so, we go to the other definition of swag, then yeah. So <laughs> I, you know, I see these guys playing MVC three, a uh, UMVC three, and I'm like, holy shit! I'm excited. There's people playing it. We're at con, we're at the PAX con, and I run over there and I stand in. You know, it's a straight short line. It's like these two dudes are actually playing. They're like, hey, you want to play? I was like, sure. Now, I look at the guy, and I'm like, hey, you kind of look familiar, but, I mean, you're Asian, so I know a lot of Asian dudes, so you could be any one of 100,000 Asian dudes I know. So, Are you trying to say that they all look alike? I mean, similar. You know, I can tell the difference. Is this a problem that you run someone, into yourself? Uh, occasionally. But, Just checking. You know, so... I know that Eddie's black ass looks like a lot of fucking I people like, I know. I'm, I'm 5'9", 200 pounds in black, and there are several thousand young gentlemen like myself in, just in Seattle. So... Like me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So one of the guys is like, hey, you want to play? And I'm like, sure. 
So I get on there, and at first the buttons aren't right, but I'm still playing because I really don't care. And this dude is, like, whooping me. He's lighting it, you I up. I mean, yeah, this is, not, <laughs> I mean, this is not your standard ass whooping. This is like that ass whooping where you wake up in the morning, you're like, I got hit with an oh, my God, and a what the fuck at the same time. He's lighting you up like the Rockefeller under Christmas tree. Pretty much. So Team USA is playing Bellow Who? <laughs> yeah. Is that for the gold medal, or is that just yeah. for the right to be able to sit their ass down on the bench? Yes. country ended Stan? What? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Karakistan. <laughs> it's like, who are they? They have nukes. That's all we know. I so, didn't know Bangladesh had a basketball team. Yeah. How many did we beat them by? 75? Yes, Fucking exactly. Hey. So he he whoops me a couple times. I mean, I mean, promptly whoops my ass, right? And I'm like, what? What? And I, I turn to him. I say, hey, what's the button setup? He's like, it's type B. Now, I kind of know what that means, but I'm like, oh, okay. So it's not basically what the fuck I play. And he's like, oh, oh, sir, you can change the buttons if you want. So he now, at this point, this gentleman has offered me to change the buttons if I would like to. Yeah. And I'm like, of course I'm going to take him up on that offer. So I changed the buttons. this is really going to help. Exactly. So I changed the buttons. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you good? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good now. And I mean, he, then he promptly, thoroughly waxes the fucking floor. With me. I mean, it's like, hey, here's one of your ass cheeks, and then here's the other ass cheek. And it's like, I've got a secret. I'm not left handed either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice pull. Oh my God. Well played, sir. Thank you. And, and so, after like, I think six ass whoopings, I turn to him, I say, I say, hey, man. Um, glutton for punishment. Hey, thanks. Oh I mean, I say, hey, thanks, man. Uh, hey, what's your name? He says, Justin. I say, wait, whoa, hold on. Justin Wong? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. I almost feel honored that I just got my ass whooped by this man. Yeah. Now, not to raise it to icon status, but, I mean, the man is considered the number one 2D fighter, uh, ranked 2D fighter in America. Sure. The only man in the world that's ranked above him is Daigo. If oh, anybody's wow. familiar with who he is, uh, Daigo is like, the number one in the world. He's whooped Justin's ass on several occasions. and I can name drop that too, sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's, yes. And <laughs> I watched them fight live at a Street, at a street Fighter 4 fight club. You Ooh. lucky fucker. Anyway, so, you know, that is my biggest story so far on Friday of PAX, is having my ass handed to me by Justin Wong. I mean, for those of you who watched the, phone, the show, and I, and I mentioned, like, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu before, it's like having my ass whooped by Hoist Gracie. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, thank you, sir. Thank you. Dude, thank you for that opportunity. Well, here's here's going to be like Anderson Silver. And, yeah, more, and, more I got a sh- and I got a shirt. But the thing is, is, after I got done, the lady at the booth was like, here's a shirt. And I was like, well, thank you. Here's a like, consolation What did the shirt say? Yeah. I, I got my ass kicked by I, Justin Wong and all I got was this stuff. T-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> I got a T-shirt. But you know what, though? I am proud of that T-shirt that I you got know, that T-shirt. And, and that's the thing. I, I, I Here's the here's the one little, uh, like, similar similar brag that I, most of the – I don't know if anybody listening to the show is going to make – this is going to make sense to anybody because I, I'm a poker player. I, I play a lot. I read a lot of books. I watch a lot of poker TV. I watch, you know, uh, I follow people on the Internet. The Big Fish Games booth apparently has some kind of poker game that they're making, like social game that they're making. They had a contest where people could win and come play Texas Hold'em. And fucking Phil Gordon was here sitting at a poker table playing poker against people. And, no shit. and yes, Phil Gordon at a fucking poker table at PAX. And I was like, I, I like, initially I walked by and all I saw was the Texas Hold'em table. And right. I was like, how the fuck do oh. I get to sit down? Because I will fuck packs. I'm gonna sit down and play <laughs> poker, and uh, and I, I'm looking and 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 I look around the table and I didn't really recognize anybody. And then I see this big dude like sitting on the other side. And I'm like, he looks kind of familiar. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
And then the guy, there was a guy like changing out chips for someone, and I'm like, sure. how do I get into this game? And he's like, oh, it was a contest, and people could win to sit down and play poker with Phil Gordon. And then I recognized the big dude the on the other dude, side, right? and I'm like, fuck me, <laughs> Phil Gordon? <laughs> so I was like... I want to I mean, get posterized by Phil Gordon. No shit. Well, the guy, there was a fight that he goes, while, while I'm getting my ass whooped by Justin Wong, there's a guy that comes over. He's like, hey, can I take a picture of your shirt? And I'm like, yeah, sure, bro. Right? Well, because I'm like mesmerizing the screen, like what this dude is doing to me. I'm like, oh, this shit makes no sense. So somewhere out there is a picture of my shirt. And in that picture of my shirt, Justin Wong is like to the left of me, like whooping my ass. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, whoever the dude is that took that picture, fucking kudos to you, bro. So um, I got a, just a couple more real fast, and then we'll probably wrap it up shortly afterwards. Yes. But um, so the first one is um, E3 this year, and, and like I said, this is one's probably more directed at you right than the rest of it. But um, what are we seeing here that we uh, what are we seeing here at PAX that we didn't see at E3? And the PAX 10 is too easy an answer for oh, this. No, one. Um, well, you're seeing the full uh, roster for the PlayStation Battle Royale. Okay. Uh, you're actually getting actual hands-on time with, you know, Zombie U, okay. um, that Project P100. Like, there right. was one or t- like, you had to wait in a really long line to play mm-hmm. like, well, a Zombie U at E3. The extension, of those, the extension of that answer is the Wii U. The Wii. Well, like, it was playable consumer- E3. Uh, yes, well, consumers, but consumers, but, yeah. like, again, you say, you know, E3 is a, is, is a media we, con. This, media is a, con. this is the first time consumers have gotten their hands on oh, the, yeah. the Wii U. Well, I'm talking about, the, you're asking about the difference between right, E3 right, and right. this show. Right, right. Um, there's, a f- there's a few more games that were not playable at, that, that actually are accessible. The, the notable exception is for Lego City Undercover, which I really desperately want to get my hands on. They had oh, it wow. at San Diego Comic Con. And they wouldn't let anyone play it. I was going to punch this woman. <laughs> she wouldn't let anyone try it. I'm like, please, I really want to play this game. I love <laughs> Lego games. I want to see what this Lego game is. Lego Lord of the Rings? Oh, good God, I want that game so bad. <laughs> I will hold it like the precious. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, de- <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, Microsoft, it was really hard to see. Because you know, literally, aside from the from the few banners blocking the PS3 thing, <laughs> They really didn't have anything screaming like, hey, come check this out. I mean, Halo 4, that was playable at E3, albeit a much longer line. That's another thing. The lines are, you know, technically shorter here right. because there's a, a lot less crazy people. Well, okay, I, re- I probably should rephrase that. There are probably just as a many lot crazy of different people crazy people. They're, they're, they're different just, type of crazy they're, people. They're just better at hurting the crazy people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like, like third party wise, I, I think it's probably a lot easier to play Resident Evil Six here than because uh, they, they did this horrible lottery system Ooh. at um, where like you had to you had to um, you had to run to the uh, Capcom booth and get a ticket to play. Resident Evil 6. Yeah. Or if you happen to run out of Resident Evil 6, you can play Devil May Cry or Lost Planet 3, which no one asked for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what other differences. Uh, I, I, I need to walk the, the floor That's again okay. some more. Yeah. This will probably will, be one of those questions for Sunday, too. Yeah. They'll probably get a better answer. Yeah, exactly. I will also say, from my experience today, the Sony booth had so much more interesting stuff than the Microsoft booth yes. in a heartbeat. Yes. They have a booth. Not to mention <laughs> not to mention the fact this is this is my personal opinion because and, and everybody that listens to the Geographic shows knows I own a Vita. I bought one on launch day. I love it. It has been poorly supported up until now. The fucking Sony booth here is packed with yeah. Vita content. Like I'm no shit like 20 fucking Vita games yes. sitting in that booth. They're not only there are they showing Vita exclusive games, they're showing cross-platform Vita games, they're showing Vita games 
like they've got Vita, uh, the Vita version of of uh, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale playing crossplay with the fucking PS3 version. They've got they've got so many Vitas in this booth. They are basically making up for their stupidity at E3 and not supporting the Vita. I was just about to by, confirm that <laughs> by fucking dumping Vita content on people at this booth, and yeah. I am so happy for that because I Good. have been waiting for the Vita to be properly supported and properly pimped to the gamers that love it. I was gonna say, it's, and this the is marketing's it. been driving you crazy. And, yeah, and yeah, fucking yeah. drives me. I, I'm nuts. also a Vita owner. I also picked one at launch because I, I looked at it. It's a beautiful piece of hardware. Oh yeah, it oh, is my, an oh, amazing yeah. piece God, of I, hardware. I played Lum- I mean, the other reason I picked it up is because there's a new Luminous game. And I, <laughs> and that game is crack to me. Yes, yes. If, if I were to pick a type that I type of game that I really like, it's rhythm games. I'm all yeah. about rhythm games. Oh, and awesome. That game is just it's, it's Tetris combined with rhythm, and it's, yep. it's beautiful. I love that game. I'm it's, so bad to use a Breaking Bad reference. It's it's blue meth. It's blue, <laughs> it's blue meth. It's, blue it's, meth. it's like I have to have it. I need it. But yeah, the, that was the thing that E3 is like. We're like all these Vita games that you're showing are games that are coming out already right. or out already. Right. What the fuck? And yeah. Then, yeah, much like Luke said, I'm like, oh my god, look at all these games that are not out yet or yeah. are not coming out next week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think we need to wrap this up because we have rambled on for a long fucking time. Yeah. Uh, so this has been day one of PAX. We will have shows uh, on day two and day three, hopefully that won't l- won't run this long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that on Sunday, Jeff Callis of Penny Arcade will be joining us uh, like usual every year. Uh, Saturday, we don't have any specific interviews set up, but um, hopefully... I'm going to kidnap... Uh, uh, Mr. Kojima. Mr. Kojima. And I, I was actually thinking of grabbing some of the guys from the Oni Press booth to, to come talk to us because they seemed really interested. So, uh, in any case, uh, this has been uh, the geekgriffic.com PaxCast, uh, day one from PAX 2012. Uh, pick us up. Uh, this should be posted the day of, so you should be able to listen to this on Saturday, I'm hoping. And uh, pick up the, the next two days if you want to know about PAX stuff. So, uh Thank you, Dre. No, no problem. Uh, uh, thank you for, for bringing me on board. I, I love to ramble about games. Yeah, it was awesome. awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Eddie, for joining us for the show. You're welcome, sir. And thank you, Matthew, for coming down and bringing us all these questions, even though you aren't able to attend the con. Yeah, so. and, and thank you for everybody who sent uh, all of the stuff in and talked to me over all these different medias. And thank you all for hanging in there if you hung in there. And if you <laughs> turned it off beforehand, then those of you that stuck in can tell the other people to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Huzzah. Uh, Yes. Uh, I am Luke. This has been uh, day one of the geekerific.com PAX casts, and we're out. We're out! Yeah.